0: Welcome one and all to Last Stop Penn Station podcast featuring Carrie Silken and Ian Riccoboni. They dive deep into Carrie's wealth of stories and no subject is off limits. From the world of wrestling to his ticket agency, growing up in New Jersey, drug-fueled underground days, hustling in the French Quarter of New Orleans, and endless days and nights in New York City, every story is worth telling.
1: Welcome everyone to this edition of Last Stop Penn Station. It's Ian Rickabani, Carrie Silken. Carrie. got a lot of great response to the camel, to Ring of Honor's first trip to Japan. And today, we're talking about the first time, the first official trip that Ring of Honor took to England. And uh, you got a lot of great stories. We've already talked a little bit about it.
0: Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm doing well. How, how are you? Can you help me? Um, That's also well, a
1: great, Bella Lugosi, if I
0: don't... Which brings me right away off topic, yes. on topic but off topic. I was looking through some of my notes, you know, the name of, the, of our podcast and uh, it's Last Stop Penn Station, which... Maybe my memoirs one day. Maybe it's going to be a mini series or a great Martin Scorsese film. <laughs> there you go. Maybe it'll just be this or uh, whatever. It be. But I was looking through the notes and I came across. Um, now, what was the phrase you just used?
1: <laughs> Bella oh, Lugosi. Bella Lugosi, yes. Right. So <laughs> um,
0: Mike G., whose name is going to come up, has come up, my cousin Mike, claimed author of the. Back to uh, Woodstock 50, back to Yasgur's Farm, which is really, which is a really good read. And uh, Mike helped me, you know, he's the lifetime editor. Uh, you're familiar with the uh, the Aquarian, the, the East Coast Rocker, which is mm-hmm. a North Jersey, uh, New York area music newspaper that's been around. He was a music editor for years, as well as a ton of writing, uh, various writings. Metal Maniacs, uh, Modern Screens, Country Wrestling World, oh, and wow. he was a publicist for a lot of people. Uh, everyone from Aerosmith. Oh, wow. It, it, yeah, in there it, when Aerosmith was
1: sort of in the dumps. Oh, when they when they wouldn't play Dream On in Allentown at Ag Hall, really the big story that made the morning call here. Absolutely, that's a good one.
0: <laughs> but uh, the Bellagosee, <laughs> <laughs> Mike r- Mike helped uh craft some of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And when we started these characters, one of which we're going to talk about today, Schoolboy, which right. I promised in our in our fourth episode, I gave a teaser of the, about the great tale of Schoolboy, mm-hmm. but uh the bell Lugosi, Mike used that term to describe uh Mama Pretzel. Mama Pretzel. Yes, she well she was also her real name was Samira. Is Samira? That's
1: that's a cool name.
0: That's and, very unique. Uh, I I named her because of the, the. She spoke like this. She she smoked four packs of Camels a, a day. Wow! And she had a she had hair like a wild brillo pad, and she would walk up. Seventy. Now you you're. Going to NYU yeah. and uh, being in New York as much time you have, you know, like when it's hot in New York, it's hot, but when it's cold, it's cold, and the way the wind blows down those avenues
1: cuts across. Yeah,
0: she would light up. Well, you know, she was she she basically chain smoked, and she refused to buy a lighter. She would oh, really? use old school matches, and just like a sailor, she could light the match. In the in gun- right, the blustering wind. Forty mile an hour winds. <laughs> but the um Bell the analogy. I don't want to give away too much about uh, Mama Pretzel. We'll have to talk about it to her another time. I mean, there's so many stories uh, with her. Um, So,
1: And today we're going to talk about Schoolboy, and the reason we're going to talk about Schoolboy, Carrie, is because Alex Shane is a central figure in the Ring of Honor excursion to the United Kingdom. And Alex Shane, in my lifetime, whether it was Colt Cabana, whether it was Delirious, whether it was Johnny Storm and, and those guys in the UK, they would bring up this figure, Alex Shane, this mysterious Figure and and is he's almost larger than life for <laughs> for the the right reasons and the wrong reasons and uh, to me when you communicated schoolboy there was this mystery and this intrigue the same way that I have <laughs> I have for Alex Shane
0: they're a little different because <laughs> Alex Shane it, he was a classic if you are listening to Alex how you doing buddy but he was a, he was a, cl- a classic carny type. Wasn't the worst guy in the world, but he was uh, he was a great salesman. I'm going to use a nice word. Sure. I was going to use a three-letter word. No. I decided to use, <laughs> it's not a four-letter word, oh. a three-letter word, but uh, he, he was a great salesman. And uh, he sold us on the idea of going over uh, to the UK. Um, he, he came over to visit us, um, I guess... Was it prior to us going over to the?
1: Yeah, and we'll we'll get to the timeline. There was there was kind of one half baked attempt with uh, FWA and Ring of Honor, and and uh, that was sort of the old regime. It didn't it didn't quite have the star power that United would in two thousand six. And then there was kind of a more full throttled supercar no five, which we'll get to too. And then there was United, and that was on August the twelfth two thousand six. And so from the stories you mentioned before, uh, you said you met Alex Shane sometime in between 03 and 05.
0: I'm, I I don't remember. I should have called up Gabe or somebody. (laughs) He came over to, uh, I really wasn't involved when Ring of Honor went the first time, um, which was in 03. There was a couple of guys. Just a handful
1: of guys, yeah.
0: And uh, some of the, the current the, – the original Ring of Honor management went over there, I think, with some DVDs trying to sell, mm-hmm. which was a good idea. And uh, did Alex Shane come to New York first?
1: Yeah. He uh, said he came to the Man- the Manhattan Center.
0: He may have. Uh, but I – before that happened – I know what happened. Because of that relationship – of the B- B- pre carry Ring of Honor.
1: Mm-hmm. There was, and, and for those that might be listening for the first time, that's late 03, early 04. That's when you start to become a silent.
0: Early, Well, early 03. Oh, okay. And then I became, you know, full owner in early 04. Okay. So they had this relationship with Alex and um, there was this, Super Show, what was it called?
1: Yeah, there was a super sh- Super Show, excuse me, in 05. And in fact, this was such a, mo- a monumental occasion. It's in Bill After, our friend Bill After's book is is wrestling fixed. I didn't know it was broke. Um, and in January 2005, Alex Shane reached out to Bill After. He said. Uh, We knew each other well during the years I'd been editor of Total Wrestling in the UK. He was running his own promotion called Frontier Wrestling Alliance and booked me on a few shows when I was visiting the magazine office it said Alex had been a wrestler, a promoter, a radio TV talk show host. He wanted to promote a super show that would take place in Coventry on the UK Wrestling Channel, and it would be called the International Showdown. And Johnny Storm and Doug Williams, two names that have become synonymous with UK wrestlers in Ring of Honor, were on that show, but also... AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, CM Punk, and others.
0: And it was March of what year? Two thousand five. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So myself, Sid Ross, went over. We were we were told that this was going to be uh, three thousand people, and the Ring of Honor DVDs at the time. How many of them? How many of them could there have been? It, probably about two dozen, right. at The most, yeah that we were going to uh, be able to sell. It was our kind of crowd. Mm-hmm. And um, off we went. I remember also that I sort of didn't want to go because there was a big ticket sale. Like I think the hot Broadway show at the time was... Monty Python spam a lot, right? I was this was right when I was headed to college, and that was (laughs)
1: such a hard ticket to get when I was at NYU. So
0: there was like a big period, a big it already had established itself, and there was a big block of tickets going on sale the 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 day we were the morning after we were going to leave. But I left it in the trusted hands of my employees at the time. It was fine, and off we went, and we we schlep, we schlep off to the UK. And um how many
1: trunks of DVDs do you think you had? What did you take to something like I, I, that? We
0: shipped them ahead of time. Okay. Yeah. Um those guys were good at that. And we shipped them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Did we have shirts? I don't remember. Yeah. We, we probably did. Yeah. Um so, but here's the thing: before we before that show, we had um a day or two to kill. And to Alex Shanes, he was the, he was the quote unquote promoter. I don't know if it was, I doubt it was his money, but he was the promoter. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he took care of us as far as made sure uh, somebody, he, some guy met us. And he was going to be like our signed driver, and you know how it is in the wrestling business. Sometimes it's just some kid, yeah, some some uh, one of the younger wrestlers. The cheeseburger was
1: was that way for years with Ring of Honor and the New Japan talent. Well, right, but he'd be a good one. He is. He's excellent. And, you know, he took the time to learn Japanese. He took the time to... <laughs> well, like,
0: yeah, This is exceptional. <laughs> you know what the normal kid would right. be like. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey um, Charlie, go, go pick up so-and-so.
1: <laughs> yeah. And don't get lost. Our, our good friend Chris Freed once picked up AJ Styles at the Las Vegas McCarran Airport. Really? Yeah, and Chris has no, almost nothing to do with wrestling, so they'll just Send anybody great comedian, but not you know not involved in wrestling.
0: How did that happen? Oh, that's
1: another story. (laughs) But yes, anybody and and in wrestling, anybody. I had two things I
0: wanted to ask Ian at the beginning of the podcast. I didn't. I'm not going to get to any of them. I'm going to get to them at the end. I'm remembering. So I got some probing questions that you folks are going to want to know. And schoolboy, and And it goes back to the last episode. Anyway there was the the guy who was assigned to us mm-hmm. as a driver it was like a grown up as opposed to a young student wrestler mm-hmm. and he was a good guy so the show is in coventry mm-hmm. and to the best of my memory there was maybe one or two days before that and alex suggested uh that we go to uh Oh, Samoa Joe was wrestling mm-hmm. way up, way up. Like it was, uh, geez, uh, Scotland was no, he not that far, not that, he... far okay. not that far. But anyone who follows me on uh, Twitter, uh, or who knows about a little bit about me from social media, and certainly who knows me knows that you know, I'm a big rock and roll fan, and I'm a huge Jethro Tull fan. Yeah, so there we are um on the A1 mm-hmm. which i didn't realize there's a there's a jethro tull song too old to rock and roll too young to die and there's a line of out on the out on the A1 round scotch corner and i've listened i listened to the song for 40 years before the 30 years before this and i just i just those are just words well the A1 is like you know the pennsylvania turnpike oh wow yeah and scotch <laughs> corner is an exit that's like a a town oh so there so what we were going Samoa Joe's working this little show in this little town um I don't remember the name of the town but it was just a a small town and I'm thinking all right we're gonna might as well go there Mm -hmm. maybe we could sell 100 DVDs right sure well the highlight, as it turned out, well, one of the highlights was me passing Scotch Corner. And we went like another hour, hour and a half to get to this little town. And we go to this uh, building. It was your classic, you know, this auditorium. You might have a band, uh, you know, probably it was a 1500, 2000 seater, wow. you know, a decent size hall. Yeah. and But the problem was... Despite Samoa Joe being a hot talent on the indies, this was a local small show. Oh, okay. And there was maybe three hundred people there, Uh and it was all local. There might have been a few of the prominent English names, maybe a Jody Fleisch or someone on the show like that, but it wasn't a loaded show. And we set up our DVD table before the doors opened, waiting for the people to collaborate. <laughs> and they, when they when it opened and they came in, we were the only merch. This oh, company wow. so, didn't even have any merch.
1: So you're thinking you're seeing dollar signs. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a
0: golden willy. <laughs> yeah.
1: So
0: the people uh, came up, <laughs> would come up, um, and they would be looking at the table. And looking at the DVDs now, probably most people did not even have a DVD player. Sure, or it was a different region. Yeah, yeah, that's. But more importantly, (laughs) and maybe they all had DVD players that could play our DVDs, but they didn't give a shit about, (laughs) about. They didn't. So I, I thought, oh, we're so hot. They didn't know. You know, these were. It would be like going as you have, or and I have going to a local show, a WWE show in Allentown, mm-hmm. and you got your Ring of Honor sweatshirt on, <laughs> or, and, and one or two people might be, hey, Ring of Honor. Yeah. Or, or hey, hey like one person out of 3,000. And then they don't. Hey, Curry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> it's so same with this. We maybe sold two or three, DB, two or three or four DVDs, uh. and, uh, I remember walking out of the show, um, during the show, walking into the little town. I wasn't drinking at the time. I it was almost forced to drink. Wow. You know? <laughs> but I wasn't drinking at the time. And there were these really nice little pubs. And I went in there and I ordered a soda. And I was my cell phone was working. And I was just checking in back home. And I remember calling some friends and just saying, wow, you should see this. This is really cool where we are. You know, how's the DVD selling? I go, forget it. It (laughs) So we went to that one show and um, we went back. I think there might've been a second show. Like there might've been an extra day. I think so. And we said, no, we're going to, we're not going to do this. Um, So then the, uh, the super show came. Right. In Coventry. Yeah. And. Couple of interesting things happened at the Super Show. Number one was we're unloading the van with our boxes of DVDs, and yes, Alex Shane did a great job promoting that show. Thirty-four hundred
1: announced attendance, yes.
0: and we're we're dragging the DVDs in, and there's this. Bushy haired young man. It wasn't pretzel woman, was it? No,
1: okay, okay. No. <laughs> I was gonna it say was this, that's quite the trick. <laughs> was this
0: bushy-haired young man who says, Oh, hey Carrie, uh do you need a, do you need some help with an English accent? Mm-hmm. And it was Joel from Suplex, oh, who's that's now how, a WWE UK referee, right? Yeah, and one of my dear friends. Yeah, great guy. And that's how I got to meet Joel. Yeah, and, you know he was uh, a fledgling referee. I yeah, think he was maybe 18 years old then.
1: Self starter, good guy.
0: Yeah, and he, you know, he did help us. So we're, we're we're dragging the stuff in. And the other cool thing. Now it's probably only cool to me. And to the guy I said it to, and now that you, now that I told uh, Ian, you and AJ the story, it'll sort of, you'll, you'll sort of get it. A couple other people out there, but Mick Foley, yeah, who I had, we had done a DVD, uh, a, a shoot interview type, DVD, right, straight DVD, shooting, which right. uh,
1: at various points has been available on Honor Club.
0: So, and I was there, and uh, sorry, folks, for these tall references, but they're important. In his book, he referenced in his very first book he references Jethro Tull, mm-hmm. and he was a big fan, and so much so that he hitchhiked from he missed somehow he missed the NASA Coliseum show of '84 of the Under Wraps tour, and he hitchhiked to Buffalo, New York. Wow. You know, just just making sure he's got to see that's this one show on that's the a tour, schlep, right.
1: Especially a hitchhiking one.
0: And uh, so I saw Foley, and I said to him, "Hey, man." Guess what I saw yesterday? He goes, What? I go, I said, we were on the A1 by Scott. And we went past Scotch Corner. He goes, really? You saw the sirens? So he and I thought that was really cool. Anyway, we went in, we set up our tables, and it was uh, I guess it was a hockey rink kind of place. Um and uh I remember the lighting was re- the lighting for the ring was really good. Mm-hmm. And we bought Sid was good. We we brought lights, but the problem was the the uh the electric, you know.
1: Yeah, you need a converter. It's right. different outlets. Yeah. Different outlets. Yeah.
0: We had to go out, get the right things, or else we'd have been in the dark. There were other vendors there too. There were vendors of plenty. Yeah. <laughs> so um and it, it was a success. Yeah. It, it was a success. I don't know what the numbers were. I think I have this vague memory of doing like 17000 pounds, Wow.
1: And that was probably two to one. I I, I traveled through uh, England the next year. It was about two to one at that point. So that's probably about $34,000. So it was...
0: Yeah. It, it worked out okay. Yeah. Um, Was it worth me going over there? I don't know. I guess for the story, yeah. Well, <laughs> and, it was, and it was a good show too.
1: I yeah. Really, I really wasn't that concerned with the show. It's It's got the forgotten Punk versus Joe match. There you go. And uh, the main event... Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles for the, for the TNA X Division title. I got a question about that. TNA had had kind of made the ultimatum right around that time of pulling some of the wrestlers off of the Ring of Honor cards because of the controversy involving the former owner. Uh, how did that relationship get put back together? Because Abyss would be in. I mean, AJ would obviously be Samoa Joe. It seemed like it organically worked out, or was there anything that any discussions that that you had after,
0: to have there after uh, everything settled down? Mm-hmm. They were just happy to they got their booking fee. Yeah, you know, and for lack of a better term, they hoard these guys out. Okay, and uh, that's how we were able to, um, you know, that ex- non exclusivity went out the window quick for a few bucks. Gotcha. Okay, I always wondered. Yeah. So
1: that's that's interesting because it wasn't. I mean. It, this was smack dab in, in the middle of all of that. So that's kind of incredible. Also on this card, uh, <laughs> Masawa is in, I don't want to say a throwaway six-man tag team match, but when you see the name Masawa, you would think he would be right. in the main event. But you bring, you're flying in Masawa to wrestle in a six-man tag. I thought that was interesting. And, uh, of course, Raven in a Ravens Rules match versus Alex Shane. Yeah, that
0: was a good match. Yeah. An attention getter, let's put it that
1: yeah. way. Uh, some names other fans might know Petey Williams, uh, Rockstar Spud, who's now on WWE television, and he was on on the show as well.
0: And he had one Ring of Honor appearance in Cleveland, Cleveland, really. Yeah, wow. in Cleveland, but okay. early
1: on, but go ahead. Yeah, and then uh, uh one of Cole Gavana's favorites, Maul Saunders, wrestled on that card, okay, against Steve Gray, another one of his favorites, and some other names, Doug Williams, uh. Two Gold Scorpio uh, on, on this card as well. And uh, Chris Sabin. So interesting names on that card. So we go from that. That's March 19th, 2005. And in between, someone must get the bug. Someone must say, hey, you know what? That was pretty cool. Why don't we just do this ourselves? Do you remember that that moment happening?
0: Well, that's when Alex Shelley came over to New York. Alex Shayton. Alex Shane, we love Alex Shelley. Alex, Alex Shelley, Shelley, Shelley was coming I'm in. Sorry,
1: no, he was coming in too at that time. Yeah, with the embassy. Uh, so he, that's when Alex
0: Shane came to New York, and um, I think we had a show in New York. I mean, yeah. this timeline. All right, so we went. and We don't do our notes here, folks. Like I told you in the original episode, this we went over to uh, Liverpool and Brock's Born in two thousand and six. Correct, 2006, Yeah, Joe and Kabashi. Was in October first, October two thousand five. Yeah, which was our first New York show. Mm -hmm. So, which which established our our relationship. uh, I touched on this briefly, but that established our relationship with the Manhattan Center slash Hammerstein people Mm -hmm. because it was one in the same building. So, I don't remember if it was the, the next. We'll have to we'll have to look it up. But we we had uh we were started to do new york every 3 months mm-hmm. um then i guess we went we might have been one more time at that it was a fire trap that place
1: oh geez. the uh the,
0: that ballroom the uh, the melrose ballroom no, no 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 the ballroom at the uh hotel new Yorker oh, oh okay <laughs> so i don't i don't know uh if we do, if we did that again or had we advanced early uh had we advanced to the manhattan center yet but be that as it may alex shane came over on his own dime and uh to woo us to come over to promote us in liverpool and another city which turned out to be broxbourne and it was the dead of winter i do remember that and um. he wanted to go out clubbing. <laughs> okay, and I declined. I declined going, <laughs> and it was also the same weekend when Mike when when Mike G, who was our publicist, he got a he got a uh, he got us WPIX Channel Eleven. Channel Eleven, absolutely had us on the morning show. Wow! Live wow. in their plaza, right? We had a ringside. It was freezing yeah. cold out. Um, was
1: it? Was it March? there was, probably there was there was march in 2006 and where were we that was best in the world and that was in new york that was let's see that was at basketball city was it oh god <laughs> it see ba- we
0: don't do our nose we'll update in the next save, episode we're gonna save uh basketball, we're gonna save city. basketball city okay um <laughs> <laughs> God, what a place that was. Um I felt bad for the ring crew at that place. Um anyway, Alex came over and uh he had this idea you know he, he was familiar with these buildings and there was a building in Liverpool, the Olympia, which is still there. And we've I've been that was my first UK tour. We we went there, yeah. And he had this other town, Roxbourne. Which didn't make sense because it only held like 450, 500 people. So you were risking losing money on a sellout. Right. Yeah. Um, but the uh, we're told there was going to be such a huge crowd in Liverpool at the Olympia don't worry about a thing. <laughs> Roxbourne is sort of like a, a Corican Hall, a mini, a very, very mini second rate. The way Corican Hall, how many does that hold? Sure. I, uh, let's take a look. 1,600? 1,800? I think, I think around 2,000, but
1: let's see. Corican Hall capacity. 2,005. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well- we got talked into doing Broxbourne. Yeah, uh, it'll be an instant sellout. It'll look good on the DVD. Whatever we were told. It, the other thing was that was good about it was it was near. It was close enough to London so that it was like an hour, an hour away to the airport. So gotcha. I, and Palermo, my friend Palermo came on the trip. So we flew into Liverpool, and. Um, what was it? It was
1: August, right? It was August, yeah. Okay. Was the, the middle of uh middle of summer.
0: So we went a few days early to to uh taste the taste the fruits of Liverpool, the Beatles. I yeah. mean, come on, I wanna see this stuff. And the world's most haunted hotel. I didn't know about that. Yep. Next time if <laughs> we go over, you'll
1: have to take me there. Jay Lethal wouldn't sleep in his room when really? we were over there. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, where he uh, (laughs) He had he switched rooms because his in my room. I woke up with my light on. I had no lights on. Really? Yes. Okay. Swear swear to God.
0: Well, that's interesting. (laughs) Well, we stayed like at a Marriott. Yeah. Well, yeah. I (laughs) I was thinking, hey, it's August, right? It's going to be at least it's going to be warm, and it'll be good. And I'll be able to do a little jogging. I'll jog through the merry streets of Liverpool, yeah. hopefully passing Penny Lane yeah. <laughs> and Strawberry <laughs> Shields on my jog, right? So we we, we fly in to um, Manchester.
1: That would make sense. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And
0: we get to Liverpool. And- our good friend Greg H came over. Oh, okay, well, not with us. but yeah. he, he was there also. That's he, amazing. And he had, he established relationships and friendships with these uh, UK ROH fans. Wow, online. Yeah, and he's such a gracious guy. Yeah, and he it's still, you know, I just still saw okay. him in, he was he in the front row. In yeah, he was in
1: the front row in Baltimore. Right, yeah. and he
0: he had a party, and um, so there we are in Liverpool, and. I'm saying, thank God it's the summer. You know, it's a, it's a cold area. It's right on the Mercy.
1: It is. Been yeah, Ferry Cross the Mercy. It's right. Jerry and the Pacemakers. Yeah.
0: Well, it was a whopping high of 48 degrees. Wow. The, 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 <laughs> wow. the, all, the, the three days we were there. No it's way. freezing fucking cold. Yeah. And um, I'm like, Jesus Christ. So... <laughs> so <laughs> We made the best of it. Yeah. We uh bopped around uh Liverpool. Um I met up with Greg H mm-hmm. and uh we went to the ca- we went to the Cavern Club.
1: Oh, that's where the Beatles got their
0: start, right? Yeah. And you know, which is still operates as a as a, a bar and a tourist attraction mm-hmm. and it has that famous the, uh, the cave look. Right. The yeah. com- sort of like the brick uh it's like a corridor. Yeah. Probably not much wider than the living room and my living room isn't that wide but it's yeah. it's, it's very small and there's that famous stage and they sell tons of Cavern Club t-shirts and all around that area um, there's Monuments and
1: uh, it's, it's a beautiful downtown. You've seen it, yeah. right? Did you see
0: that little uh Eleanor Rigby? I did, <laughs> uh, it's like a park bench or yeah, something. Yeah,
1: it's it's wonderful. I you know, I woke up early and just to walk around. And
0: But did you see, but were you able because I wasn't because I was t- I was trying to see Penny Lane,
1: I did not get to and Penny Strawberry Lane. Fields, no, and I didn't get to the Cavern
0: Club either. Oh, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. So the, we'll reason, back. the reason we didn't get destroyed, You know why we didn't? No. Well, it, it, it's not that hard, but a, a, a nice Liverpool cab driver told me when I asked him about it, it's a bunch of shit, you know. <laughs> that he told me, look, you want to go? I'll take it. But Strawberry yeah. Fields is just like a little patch of... You know, uh, for lack of better, like a, a playground.
1: I wish somebody would have told me that about Abbey Road. <laughs> that's, that's oh, very disappointing. But please go on. <laughs>
0: so they've sort of made a tourist area out of the, where the Cavern Club is. Okay, yeah. And um, so we hung out um, leading up to the uh, the Liverpool show, and uh, the day of the the day of the Liverpool show we had a mini convention okay before the show um you know it was a meet and greet sure it was a small meet and greet with the uh the stars of ring of honor which
1: would get bigger in march of the following year for the fifth year festival he'd come back
0: maybe the, maybe the damn meet and greet was at the fifth
1: year no week. there was a, there was a meet and greet <laughs> okay. uh, yeah but there was yeah there was a much larger one the following in in march
0: i also remember um when we were there, was setting up for the show, mm-hmm. and it was two in the afternoon, and it was bright sunshine, and I'm like, "Where the hell is the warm weather? It's August!" <laughs> and I, I pull a chair out of like the back door of the uh, Olympia, and. <laughs> I'm sitting in the sun, and it's freezing cold. I'm yeah. trying, to, trying to suck some sunshine. Yeah. There was some sunshine, but there was no warmth. It just wasn't happening. And um, we did the show. And uh, why don't you tell us
1: about this show? So this was a heck of a card, and I've, I got a lot of questions about some of the business end of it because, um, you know, I, I'm sure as the listeners are curious as well. I'm curious to know who paid for airfare. Uh, was there a promoter? Carrie's pointing at himself. Uh, who paid the talent? Was it kind of a 50-50 split? Was there sort of a, a promoter that helped you guys get there? And so we'll get to that for sure. But some of the talent, Matt Seidel, one of our, our very good friends, mm. uh, opened the card in a four-corner survival against one of our best friends, Colt Cabana, Johnny Storm, who a uh, great wrestler, one of the biggest names in the UK for a while, and, and Spud, Rockstar Spud. Uh, then Chris Hero comes and jumps the rail and he was part of CZW. And so. At- Colt
0: was in the opening match, right? Yeah. And I remember he came out, he came out. There's a, I hope I don't blow this one. There's a famous old English wrestler, Big Daddy. Yes, yeah. He used yeah. to carry a bait like a, a, yeah. a it wasn't a live baby, a baby doll yeah. to the ring. And Cabana carried a baby doll to the ring. Yeah. And he got a great pop from the
1: fans. Yeah. But go ahead. Still one of the most recognizable American wrestlers in uh, Colt is, not Big Daddy. Big Daddy's <laughs> in the UK through and through. And rest in peace, Big Daddy. Uh Davy Richards against Jimmy Rave uh, and Prince Nana. Now Nana, you know, not often do the managers get to travel internationally. Nana was special, though.
0: Yeah, he was special. And they had the gimmick with them throwing the toilet paper, which Mm -hmm. I hated. Yeah. um, Because people would bring rolls of toilet paper. Yeah. I don't know why it bothered me so much.
1: Because you could use – I would – I'm so thrifty, I would try and roll it back up and use it. uh, Our our great friend BJ Whitmer uh, faced uh, Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, There's a
0: guy we don't talk about enough. There's two guys we don't talk about enough. One of them came up today on on my uh, limited use of social media, Roderick Strong.
1: Oh, the the unsung MVP, and he's coming up in this. And Uh, and
0: my comment was that, I don't speak about it enough because he was always so consistently good. It's like he goes over my head. Right. If that makes sense. That's what I wrote. Yeah.
1: If there's a scale out of 10, he was always at least a nine. At least. And, and, you know, when a guy's that good, sometimes you take that for granted. Right. And same thing for Claudio. I mean, you could.
0: What a good guy. Yeah. Both of them.
1: Absolutely. Claudio, of course, now known as Cesaro in the WWE. Uh, BJ Whitmer defeats Claudio Castagnoli. Colt Cabana comes out in a special ROH-CZW match, defeats Chris Hero. So he comes comes back out for that. And uh, Colt would, if I remember correctly, would leave pretty shortly thereafter to head to the pretty WWE. Shortly. So that's interesting there. Uh, we had a Team UK versus Team Noah match. So Noah coming back, we talked about their re- relationship heating up. Doug Williams and Jody Fleisch uh, against uh, Sua and Goshizaki. And then we had an FWA title match. Now the FWA, they, that was the organization that in 2003 partnered kind of, sort of with ring of honor. They brought in ring of honor and they had, I think four ring of honor guys. Uh, Robbie Brookside, great wrestler takes on Chad Collier. One of the mainstays of the 0405 ring of honor.
0: And before that.
1: Too. And, but yeah, he was, I think he was on a couple of the O2 cards. Um and then the uh, this is where it starts to get fun. This is really when you when we hear some of the names
0: it's, uh, already. There's too much money, but
1: right. <laughs> so so in, in your head. I mean, every so I know what my plane ticket cost, and I, I'm on the cheaper end because I can leave out of Philly or Newark or JFK or wherever. So when Ring of Honor sends me, they know I can travel from numerous airports, and they can pick the best price. So my ticket's usually six fifty anywhere from six fifty to nine hundred is reasonable uh what do you think an average plane ticket cost for you know let's say uh i i don't know chad call <laughs> what do you
0: i don't know how we pulled we we how that got pulled off um he might have been could it possibly that he was over there
1: could be working? It, it, it could be um how about you know how about uh, how about Dragon? How about Brian Danielson? I mean, he was in the Philly area at the time, I think, running the the dojo.
0: Yeah, I mean, so. how many plane fares we we must have had like yeah. 15, 20. and then we had you know Ross Gabe, Sid. yeah I don't know if Ross came but uh, but, but Sid and myself mm-hmm. um yeah and, and we ha- we're also we're dealing with Alex with Alex I say Shelly <laughs> with Alex Shane right whatever his percentage was going to be and then on top of it there were the the mobsters oh go on <laughs> that 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 own and ran the uh the building in liverpool H- i guess they were getting a flat fee okay but uh, con- so it continued yeah. with the card yeah, i'll tell you a story about those guys
1: yeah we had, we have two matches left and this is really where you start to hear the names that are synonymous with early ring of honor current ring of honor past present future Austin Aries, Roderick Strong, they were the world tag team champions, defended the titles against the Briscoes. Our notes here says Austin Aries suffered two broken ribs during the match. And, uh, and then in the main event, one of the greatest matches in the history of Ring of Honor, um, Brian Danielson, the world champion, defeats Nigel McGinnis, the pure champion, to unify the championships. That was the last time we'd see the pure title.
0: Yeah, that was the uh, the Billy Goat headbutt match.
1: I believe so. Yeah.
0: I'll have to go back and watch it. But yeah, fantastic card. And talk about expenses. We had established a criteria um, of having some production and having lighting and having a, a professional look to it. So we weren't, you know, we were going to, we had a rent, you know, from in the UK. Right. Uh, there was plenty of lighting. It wasn't that there was a lack of lighting companies, but it was a big expense, but we, you know, we wanted to do it right. Sure. So it looked right. And, uh, it was, uh, it was a very expensive show.
1: Well, I'll say this. It's not one of the most expensive DVDs on the secondary market, but it's one of the most desirable. And, uh, this, this event holds up to this day. I think the match that stands out the most to anybody is American jet, American dragon Brian Danielson against Nigel. It's available on Honor Club, I believe, on the Brian Danielson compilation. So you you don't have to seek out the DVD. You can go on to Honor Club okay. and, and scroll through there. And uh, that was night one.
0: That was night one, but that was not the end. Of Let me tell you about what happened at the end of night one. All right. The guys that owned the uh, building in Liverpool, these were the shady, shady <laughs> old-time guys. And right next to the want to say Olympus, the Olympia Olympia, yeah right next to the Olympia was a small casino. They have these um no resemblance. To American or Vegas. Like casinos. hole in the wall slot machine yes, parlors. Yes. Yeah. These slot parlors. And they're very odd games. They, you know? And I can't, I can't figure out how and you I win. I can either. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's it's not. It's just a different kind of slot machine. You people play them though. Yeah. And so they have, they had a, a, a small, like when we were, when we were staying downtown Liverpool, there was one like right across the street from you know the 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 Marriott. So you know naturally I'm gonna go in there and I'm just like dumping these these <laughs> these pence and these 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 coins in I don't know what's going on. They're just going away. And it was very little return. So they had the, the, the little casino, but next to that, they had this nightclub. And I bet you you might have seen it. It had to still be there. It was called the Grafton. Oh,
1: I don't remember the name, but I uh, I probably saw it.
0: Well, the night that we had this show, which must have been a Friday night. Let's see, it's uh,
1: August the twelfth, twenty six, two thousand six. We can all figure it out.
0: Well, the night that we had the show, they had the show. After the show, the Grafton was open, and you know the guys want to go there and drink and hang out and uh the grafton had a special deal for for one and all 20 pounds all you could drink wow so i don't know in today's money maybe that was 40 bucks
1: yeah about 40 bucks yeah and i'm looking at the names there's some there's some guys that can knock them back and they, these guys
0: i think they might have give oh, oh mate I did, just give me 30 pounds you yeah. know <laughs> and um We go next door and I wasn't drinking. I'm not drinking and I'm in this place and it is a zoo. You could imagine anybody from the area who wants to go mix it up and just has, you know, 20 pounds they could blow on unlimited alcohol. Oh, geez. And they had some little roped off bullshit VIP area (laughs) for us and we were there, you know, it's like the Billy Joel song. I didn't want to make it like the Billy Joel song uh, I, uh, uh, in Big Shot. Oh. I, didn't see uh, I went over the line. I didn't see it was time to go home. Yeah, <laughs> I was just getting disgusted because I wasn't drinking. And the scene was just raucous. And the guys that ran the club asked me, oh, you know, are you looking for any blow? Mm. You know, cool yeah.
1: Like, no. That's pretty straightforward. <laughs> right.
0: No. Well, it, <laughs> and, and it's, things are a little
1: looser there. I mean, James Taylor talked about in the 60s, you could find anything you wanted. And it was a little bit more. It was relaxed rules as for a ring of honor term that used to right. come out of the mouth of Lenny Leonard and Dave Briggs. <laughs> and,
0: and, and these guys ran the place. So yeah. I'm telling Sid, look, I want to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, we got out of there. Um, I forget what the travel arrangements were specifically. I think we had a bus of some nature. Mm-hmm. We didn't certainly didn't have. We had a re- rental. We had a rental van, uh, which I was in with Sid and a couple of the office guys. And uh, some of the guys wanted to stay. So I'm like, look, I want to leave. I yeah. want to leave. And the next day, we were in Broxbourne. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which was this nice little town. It's like the roll, you know, like rolling green hills, uh, <laughs> on this little town. And we've got to this hotel and it was very nice. Not the, not the, uh, you know, Liverpool has a little bit of tawdriness to it. A mm-hmm. little bit of the blue collar, you know, it was very, it's a little bit edgy. This was a nice little town. And, uh, we got to this hotel. we had very little sleep, and we're at this very small building. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I agreed to do it, and I remember just wanting to get through that show, yeah, and uh, get out of get out of get out of the uh, get out of the country. And it, I know it was a really good show. Absolutely, it's uh, again.
1: This is one that it's not the most expensive on the secondary market, but it's very desirable. Um, we the opening contest is, is, uh, go Shizaki versus BJ Whitmer. Again, BJ is one of those guys, one of the unsung heroes, uh, just a very, very good wrestler. Um, I could have a great match with anybody He opens things up with one of the best in the world at that time. Then you have uh, Johnny storm against Jody flesh and spud in a triple threat match. Um, that's interesting because Johnny storm and Jody Fleisch would become a great tag team right in their own right. So, uh, then you have Cabana, Nigel and Robbie Brookside versus Chris hero, Claudio and Chad Collier, uh, the three CZW guys. And, uh, then you had Danielson versus Sua and, uh, This is interesting because Brian Daneson wins with a small package. Of course, one of his great forgotten nicknames, the master of the small package. (laughs) That one didn't quite stick. Uh, Doug Williams uh, defeated uh, Jimmy Ray with Prince Nana, our good friend. And then a tag team match, the Briscoes against Matt Seidel and Davey Richards. That was a pretty cool team. Didn't last too, too long in Ring of Honor. Seidel and Richards, I think they only teamed a couple of times. And then uh, Brian Danielson comes back out for his second match, defends the world title against Roddy.
0: I'll, you know, it's funny. I don't really go back and watch any of these shows. These uh, sound really good. These, this sounds good and, and worth, yeah. worth uh, digging in. I, I've got downstairs, I have pretty much all the DVDs.
1: And this is my public apology. I illegally downloaded all um, of these <laughs> when I was at NYU. The tuition was $45,000 a year, but boy, I was going to get it with stolen wrestling from. <laughs> using my high speed internet. Do you still have it on
0: your hard drive?
1: <laughs> Fifth amendment. Anyway, <laughs> uh so when we talk about when we talk about these things, how <laughs> how would you make your money back presumably 450 you know, let's say Liverpool Let's say Liverpool did did well. You know, did it? Did
0: it. it did. It did okay. I. Don't, yeah. What were the real numbers? I don't. Does it say on that?
1: No. There's there's a there's Maybe one of it those was about 50, signs. Fifteen hundred for for about two thousand. It was a good it was, yeah. a
0: good. it was a good crowd.
1: And that's a cool building to have full like that. Yeah, having it was called a good to crowd.
0: Do that. It's impossible. For us to make any, you know, it was just impossible to make any money. And it's interesting you keep saying
1: that. I think there's this perception because it was such great wrestling. The crowds were so rabid. It's kind of like ECW, where I think the early Ring of Honor years, there's this perception that you were making, you know, you were making stars. You were making money. You were putting out these DVDs.
0: No. And uh, I'm going to jump around here. But you, you triggered something in my brain. There's something that's never spoken about, and we'll maybe we'll try to get into some further detail, but I'll just touch on it. People forget, you know, they they used to uh some we had a good crew for most of the time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there was, you know, there's always the anti office guys. Mm. But we I think I was the only Rig of Honor was the only company uh to provide insurance right. during that time. Not then, but there was a might have been oh, a no, seven oh eight seven oh yeah. eight. And of course that's never spoken about. Sure. But uh you know we we tried uh when we were when things were just made sense. It was like mm-hmm. we were I'm losing this much, what's, what's the difference? What's an a couple of bucks. <laughs>
1: and then make everybody happy. So yeah. that was
0: you know but uh, as far as going into this uh maybe if we would have had like maximum merch sales yeah. and the Broxbourne was a was was silly. And, and, uh, Alex Shane, you know, he's going in our pockets, Yeah, which I'll tell you about when we do, uh, Carrie's ROH trip to, trip to uh, Liverpool part two, when we did the two shows.
1: Okay. Then 07.
0: When we did the two shows in 07. Okay. I got a good, I got a good story, (laughs) but, uh, it was, uh, it was a good trip. Yeah. No doubt about it. And these, it
1: was good times for sure. And these these shows are still revered quite a bit. Um, any any crazy travel stories? Anybody forget their passport? Anybody left at the I airport? I think there was
0: a problem with the Briscoes. Might have had a little too much to drink. Oh, <laughs>
1: And uh, you know, those are those are good they, men. They, they and,
0: had uh, a. The Briscoes had a little. They were young.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, Mark was too young to wrestle in, in Pennsylvania in 02, which means he was 17. That so. a little too
0: much to drink, and the the uh, the fine facilities that we had the the, uh, the guys housed at uh, got a call for, to the to the local constable, <laughs> and uh, the other guys uh, were upset about it. But uh, that's the only thing I really remember.
1: Was there any uh, was there any talk at the time the wrestling channel had been had been big in the UK? We Ring got, of Honor had tapes on the wrestling we channel. Got, we
0: we we used to get a lot of orders from the UK. Yeah, I mean so much so that when I sold the company in 2011 during the 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 tedious negotiations, uh, DVDs were hanging on at that point. Right. They weren't dead yet.
1: No. And Blu-ray Blu-ray really never latched on the way I think a lot of people thought. And digital wasn't quite accepted. Right.
0: So uh, it gave me the latitude uh, or it gave me the uh, platform to talk about DVDs. I remember telling Joe Koff that, you know, geez, you know, if because we would get like, there was a period of time where we'd get uh, 20%, 25% wow. of our orders from the UK. Yeah and uh, it probably had gone down by then but certainly early on right and the wrestling channel was good for us yeah so yeah a lot of
1: early events and uh, I, I remember hearing that some of the events were kind of spliced up to air on the wrestling on the wrestling network there the wrestling channel um was there any was there any idea to try and, and bring that back was there ever any talks to to try and get tv there because it seems like it's i don't want to say an easier proposition but it seems like there's the UK was a little ahead of the curve in terms of niche channels and and markets and things like that.
0: We tried getting the TV everywhere. Maybe yeah. we would, maybe we needed uh, an agent. Maybe uh, I remember we were on in Portugal.
1: Oh wow, okay, or, or, or yeah. France. But there we're t- still on in France to this we're day. Still on yeah, in we're still on in France. Popular yeah. in France. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah. It, when did the wrestling channel go away?
1: I think I think around this time actually
0: yeah we were unable to uh you know make any headway with uh, anything else but it was good while it lasted was there ever any any
1: ever any talks uh about going to any other countries in in the uk you mentioned France had some TV or excuse me in Europe No
0: yeah, whoever got us to it was either Portugal or France. It was you know we we're there so oh we you know after a year of it airing, we could come over there. Nothing ever transpired. Gotcha. And it didn't transpire into DVD sales either. Gotcha. Whatever this other country was
1: just to clarify, the Wrestling Channel was on the air from December first, 03 to December 06. So shortly thereafter, right? The Wrestling Channel. <laughs> yes, to-
0: hopefully, this, these shows didn't kill it. I doubt
1: it. <laughs> uh, and I guess finally. Um, you know, you'd go back pretty quick. What, you know, without letting the cat out of the bag, I'm sure we'll talk about the fifth year festival, what a great series of events that was as a a podcast. But uh, even though you said it wasn't a financial success, you were back in Liverpool pretty quickly. Was there any reason? It wasn't a
0: disaster. Okay. That was the thing. With all those those flights. Yeah. And all these, the, uh, uh, the 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 people from the, the guys that owned the Grafton and the, and the <laughs> Olympia, I guess he just got you know they just were getting a flat fee. Yeah. But uh, you know, Alex Shane, he was trying. You know, he was always trying to look for an edge. Mm-hmm. So it was it was very difficult. Yeah. Um, but to your point. It wasn't so bad that we didn't consider going back, and I, I mentioned this in one of our earlier episodes. I liked when we would do two nights at the same place, so we yeah. didn't have to drag our ass to another city. Yeah. So that was appealing.
1: Yeah. Well, this is uh, this has a lot of the makings of kind of the early the early Carrie Silken story, and, and Carrie. Next week, we're going to talk a lot about your foray into wrestling, your magazine days and uh, your early days jumping into wrestling in 99. Do I have that right? 98. Yeah. In in Puerto Rico. And this is only 2006. So within, within seven, eight years, you went from editing a wrestling magazine in Puerto Rico to taking a, an internationally known wrestling company uh, to a different country across a, a a large ocean. Who would have thunk it? Yeah.
0: And, and, um, Who would have thought that a man, I'm talking about my co-host here, Ian,
1: Uh a man
0: who walked around the west side of
1: Manhattan. (laughs) uh, With a guitar case, I played the Village Treehouse, (laughs) I played the Club (laughs) walk As well (laughs) as
0: a (laughs) briefcase. I want to know about this briefcase of sex toys. Yeah, I'd be which happy you mentioned, to it. Yeah, you know, you know, and and this will cause people to download episode four. Uh, we were talking. I don't even uh, how. Oh, I was talking about. Um, oh, I know what it was. Yeah. When I, when, when I saw the camel mm-hmm. uh, in the adult in the doing the doing, adult bookstore bucket and sure mop thing in the adult bookstore, and uh, one thing led to another, and. Uh, Ian says, uh, well, this nothing shocks me coming from a man who carried what was your quote? A briefcase full
1: of, of uh, sex equipment. Oh, and what? were you a salesman? No, no, no. And this is where everybody gets the story twisted. I was an a I was an award winning sex educator. Oh, po- award winning. Yeah, we could post we could post the photos. I won what's called the President's Service Award, and it's the the highest honor you can bestow upon a student at NYU <laughs> for my presentations on sex education. So what I would talk about was safer sex. I talk about uh, you know everything we had some called Sex 101, I had Bondage 101, I had uh, Sex Toys 101.
0: Uh, who were you uh,
1: as counseling on Sure, this? sure. So it wasn't <laughs> one-on-one. They were presentations that as a, I, it was what they called a peer educator. And what I would do was I got uh, certain benefits like a discount on room and board, a meal plan, dining, th- and in New York that's important. That takes yeah. A, yeah, that takes a lot <laughs> off your mind if if you're getting some of that covered. And I would give these presentations that were trained to me by. Actual, you know, people who had PhDs and things like that in sexual health and uh, and topics like that, and I would then hold presentations in my in my residence hall, <laughs> and I would and I would bring now occasionally. I would have to pick up the instruments and implements from the NYU uh, student health center, which used to be on Broadway. It was about fourth and Broadway ish Uh, neighborhood. So yeah. And it was wonderful. And right. Almost right. Almost right by Washington square park. Yeah. Right off of Washington square park, two blocks away, you know, and, uh, it it was cool, and it it got me. It taught me a lot of important things. It taught me uh, that sex is a is a wonderful thing, but that you can be safe about it, and you can enjoy it, and it taught me about consent. It taught me about relationships, and it taught me more than some of the surface level. You you see a double sided dildo, and you think <laughs> there's a lot of things that run through your head, but you know you see it too, and and you realize that. This is this is a way to interact with another human being. And it's something where you're engaging with a human being on a different level. And it's kind of that icebreaker where, yeah, I got this in my hand, but I'm gonna tell you what. This is important, this is a part of a bigger it's an icebreaker,
0: folks. <laughs> this is this is
1: a part of a bigger, more important conversation about I- engaging and communicating with, with the ones you love, or even a even if this is your lifestyle, the ones that you choose to be with for that night or that few hours.
0: Okay. So yeah. So. I, <laughs>
1: but yes, I used to have to go up to the health center, grab the briefcase full of dildos so and w- move on. Would
0: there be like an announcement that?
1: Oh, yeah. So one of the, one of the presentations go ahead. Uh, that I, I ran was called uh, Sex Tapes and, and uh, Mixtapes and Penis Cake. And what I did was oh, uh, Mixtapes and Penis Cakes. And what I did to break the ice with the new residents at Lafayette Hall at NYU was I baked that I got molds from the uh, I, I'm blanket on the name it was on it was on Howard and Lafayette no Howard and uh, Bleeker I believe uh, and it was it was off it was off the road it was by the Museum of Sex and they sold these great molds you could do you could do breasts and penises and I, I baked those, and then I encouraged people to bring the one song that they'd put on a playlist when they're feeling in the mood. And at the end of it, I burnt CDs with all the songs on it. We had a discussion about sex 101. And so uh,
0: were th- were these students required? I don't know. No, to, no, were they required it was it to was, go. To,
1: it was not compulsory. Because I,
0: I I'm imagining the average. How old were the kids? So
1: I was 20, twenty 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 one. Well, the average yeah. college student, yeah. would be like. I don't, you know, if it's not required to go to. Sure. No, it, it was a draw, though. And it, it was an opportunity. I'm not tooting my own horn, but it was an opportunity for people to meet each other in this weird environment. You could kind of giggle at, at the cakes and the, the, the dildos and the, the absurdity of it all. And you kind of learn some things. I, I can't tell you how many people actually told me that they learned how to put on a condom because they came to one of these things. For real, and and you know that if that prevented one disease from being spread, if that prevented one pregnancy, then that's, I I did my job. That's a good thing.
0: Yeah, That's a good thing. Absolutely. And thank you for being so candid. Oh, I, of to course. To answer this. I'm this fine family man. <laughs> this happy wrestling man. He was walking around with giant dildos. But and not giant, but no. Well,
1: yeah, <laughs> they were in the briefcase. Okay. But it, this has never been a secret, you know, it's something I'm proud of. So I uh, and and to the point where, you know, when I first started applying for jobs and applying for different things, I made sure that it was public everywhere. So that if somebody found out and say there wouldn't be a shock of, oh, he didn't tell us. He didn't. There's pictures of me with the president at NYU with the plaque saying I've won the award for being a sex educator. It's very cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: very cool. Um. I promised to talk about Schoolboy, but we're going to do it the next day. Wow,
1: you're pulling we're, we're, a, a WCW here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, but before we leave you, yeah. and uh, no one's going to, three people are going to care about this. I've got to ask you, mm-hmm. uh, I could have asked you off air, but I didn't. And uh, <laughs> AJ, our producer, who's a, a fan also, no, I'm not going to mention Jethro Tull, no, but I am <laughs> going to mention uh, if people follow me on social media, and you can relate to this, um, and AJ not as much of a—he's uh, with his um, his uh, company and his uh, Bisson Creative, mm-hmm. uh, doing websites, uh, photography, and other services. You know, his, of course, he's involved in social media, but he's not involved in Twitter as much, which is really yeah. not just a wrestling thing. But no. it's it, but so isn't it something? When you post a p- for, I'll speak for myself. I'll post an old picture of me and uh, BJ Whitmer. Sure, love and BJ. You get, you know, I don't have that. I don't have that many followers. Yeah, Fourteen thousand. Yeah, or something. that's that's a that's
1: a lot more than you know, a lot of people.
0: But you know, as a someone like BJ might have uh, one hundred fifty thousand. Someone like uh, Cold Cabana has a million. Yeah, yeah. So, but if I po- point is, if I post a picture like that. I'll get, oh, I don't know, 80, 90 people. Oh, they like it. You know, hit the little yeah. button, they like button. But I post, but if you post a picture like I did today, uh, Don Larson's- The perfect game. The, the, yeah. the, the famous Don Larson pitched the perfect game in the World Series for the Yankees in 1956. That'll never be done. I, I mentioned it. Yeah. It's impossible for it to be done again because they, they pull them out of the game. The pitch game. counts,
1: yeah. The pitch counts.
0: <laughs> Then you only get a couple people, but why should I be surprised? Because my my appeal is towards wrestling fans. So where I'm going with this is, I've been posting about this Broadway show that oh. just blew me away. Yeah, called Hades Town, and where I've gone to see it multiple times, like Doesn't. I was going to see. Uh, Roger Waters or Elton John or or or, or the I'll throw it all again but multiple times. You know if it's geographically friendly, so you finally had a chance oh to see Hayden's Town. Don't try to make me feel good. No, what did you think?
1: Now, in full disclosure, Carrie, uh, in the business season, was able to score some choice seats. And uh, provided them at, at an affordable price, considering what they're going for in the secondary market. Especially uh, that being said, uh, it was it was stunning. That's the only word. I mean, there was point, and you, I caught you watching me, yeah, uh, because it was kind of a triple date almost. You know, you were you were there with your good friend Liam, uh, but then there was also. Uh, Delirious attended as well. And he brought his mom, which was the cutest thing ever. And Jay Lethal. And Jay Lethal was there as well. And um, I caught you watching the folks that you helped bring to the show almost as much as the show. And I, there were moments where I felt my jaw getting tired because my mouth was agape at what I was seeing.
0: Hey, Jay, I was sitting and <laughs> I was sitting and me and Liam were sitting in the third row center on the... Left side, uh, left side. So the Andre de Shield side, and Ian and his wife are sitting on the two aisle seats on the other side. So the way the road sort of has a little curve little to curve. it, curve, we could see each I, other. I could see him yeah, straight down. Behind. So I would be looking down at these key moments, and the one, the one. Uh, the, no one's gonna give a shit about this. <laughs> but the one moment when uh, they raise the roof, yeah, and the stage splits. Oh my goodness. I was looking at you, yeah, and I couldn't tell if you were like staring at the actors or you were saying, "The holy shit!" Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I didn't know it was- <laughs> that it was. It was the whole. Yeah, it was the latter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's it's amazing. It's something where there you can't even define it as a genre. And Carrie for months, even before that, won all the Tonys, so Carrie was on top of this. It won eight Tonys, including best, you know, best Broadway musical. And he said, "You got to get to this. You got to get to this. You got to get to us." And you know, my schedule. You know, the reason we do, we're going to do ten episodes week by week, and then regroup and then do ten more, uh, is because of our schedules. Right. Carrie still run rape tickets, and I, you know, I, I work day job with Ring of Honor. So you were trying to get me to this. And finally, for Christmas, you said, well, how about you take your wife? And uh, it was incredible. I, like you, you talk about maybe like nine to five with the great Dolly Parton. Right. I, I saw that. Good show. I saw it. And it was a limited run. It was good. It was fun. But you can, I can tell you what nine to five sounds like. I can tell you what to expect when you see Frozen. I can tell you what to expect if you see Phantom. I can't tell you what to expect when you see Hades Town, and that's it was Doctor John mixed with Bruce Springsteen's uh, Seeger Sessions, mixed with uh a little bit of hip hop, but more of just that rap that you'd hear,
0: almost the band, yeah, almost uh, you know like the roots of country, yeah, the roots of soul, yeah, just the roots of everything. It's 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 like a folk rock opera.
1: It is, and and there's a if you like the code. Of honor yeah <laughs> the, the the code of honor i yes. won't spoil it they uh but it helps to have this pointed out the code of honor is adhered to uh by the end of by the end of the
0: musical I told you know I, during the intermission as a uh, sh- smokers i told uh, I, del- delirious you know I'm gonna go outside and uh he joined me and uh i was you know he was uh amazed also at, it, the, at the first act and i just said Just just watch the second half. Um, And I said to him, uh, I was saying a line to him. uh, uh, Oh, Lord. um, The gods have forgotten the song of their love. And he's looking at me. I go, just remember that line that the gods talking about Hades and Persephone how they've forgotten the song of their love and that's really what the show's about but nobody wants to hear well, about this let's tie it back together i
1: mean there, there's a point in Ring of Honor where that may have been how people felt whether right. it was 09 when things almost closed down whether it was the sale to Sinclair when there was a bit, a lot of big question marks and a little hiatus or maybe even you know in recent times but i think that we're on the right track right now right. so
0: and as they say in Hades town no matter what happens, the song will be sung again.
1: It will. It will. So this has been a another extraordinarily fun episode of Last Stop Penn Station. Next time we'll be talking about Kerry's beginnings in Puerto Rico and how, in just eight years, he went from a chance meeting with Bushwhacker Luke to taking <laughs> Ring of Honor to to Japan, to the UK, all over the world, and we'll finally get to Schoolboy. Maybe we're a little camel heavy. <laughs> last couple episodes <laughs> great reaction but uh schoolboy, maybe we'll keep you waiting
0: thank you man <laughs>
1: thanks everybody happy wrestling we'll see you next time
0: we hail you for listening to last stop penn station podcast Great review like subscribe and share on your favorite platform Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or at laststoppenstation.com.